I'm Noah, and you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Nick Frosty. Hey, what's up, Noah? Welcome back to the pod. This is episode 137, and I think you were you were on the podcast maybe two months ago, month and a half ago, something like that. Yeah, it, I mean, it feels like an eternity, but it's it's been a couple of months, and I, I think... With the exception of Ben, and Ben doesn't really count, I think I'm the only repeat guest on the show. And Ben doesn't count, so. Yeah, um, that might be true. Well, actually, no. No, you're, you're wrong. Uh, Justin Jackson has been on the show twice. Did he come um, on twice? I know he has, at least. I think there's been someone else, potentially. Uh, maybe Matt Winsing, possibly. Maybe he was only once. But... But no, you're up there. You're definitely up there, Nick. So yeah, well, I know no one's back three times, so I'll just have to come back for a third. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said that you said something on Twitter like you wanted to start a podcast. So I was like, true. Hey, we might as well just jump on here. I'm just curious. What what were you thinking about with uh, a podcast? Uh, kind of the uh, the two dudes in a mic kind of uh, environment, kind of the kind of setup where talking about building products and the developer experience. My goal would be to lean more towards the developer side. Obviously, you know, I'm a developer, you're a developer too. Um, mm-hmm. But the developers building product is kind of the, the goal I'm, I want to go for. And I've, yeah. got a, I've got a really sweet domain name because I have a domain name problem um, that I've been <laughs> sitting on for, I don't know, probably like six to seven months now and haven't done anything with it. Yeah. It- it makes you have to do something, right? You, you're like, I, I can't sit on this domain any longer. You're gonna feel bad about it. <laughs> it's true. I'll probably just so, end so up. You're not gonna tell us what it is. Oh, it's it's deploy.fm. Ooh, nice. That that is a pretty that is a pretty good one. I like it. Be a great. It'd be a great one for a developer themed podcast. Yeah, for sure. That's that's definitely true. Um, so yeah. Let's see, just to get everyone back up to speed a little bit. So Nick Frosty, let's see. Well, you're most known, well, maybe most known to me is you gave me Potion.so. So, you know, I had to keep on bringing that back up because, you know, that's that's <laughs> big for me. But you, you, you've definitely done more than that. And I don't only know you for that, which is, which is good. Um, let's see, you're currently in the Navy, but I think you only have, what, like eight months or so left until you're kind of done with the Navy. Is that right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm still active duty military right now. Uh, submarine force. I have just under seven months actually until I'll no longer be wow. active duty. So are, are you feeling uh, excited about that? I'm torn, obviously, or uh, honestly, it's uh, it's good and bad. I'm excited to go full time into software engineering and developing, making product. Um, but it's been the last almost nine years of of active duty and and submarines, so it's definitely going to be a change of pace. But I'm uh, I'm ready for the next chapter in life. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that can be a little bit nerve wracking to switch out of that something that you're so like used to and kind of go into a, a new world and, and go into like the software world and stuff. So I can I can understand that. Plus, we're, you were like doing stuff with like nukes, right? So like, I mean, that's pretty yeah. pretty wild. <laughs> uh, not necessarily with with nukes as the individual. I, I'm part of the, <laughs> yeah. the nuclear community. Um, so I, I am a nuclear trained individual. I operate the submarines, nuclear reactor, one of the many people that do, um, supervisor in the, in that capacity. Um, not like nuclear warheads. That's a, it's a whole different 
yeah. right, right. <laughs> a little bit different. Um, okay, so what what's happened the last like two months? So when you were last talking to us, you you were trying to do six products in one year, I believe, and you I, th- I think had started three of them. But since then, I know you've started doing some stuff with Solana, for Solana, so I definitely want to hear about that. Um, I know you wanted to do some kind of video course. I think it'd be interesting to talk about creating content a little bit because I've been thinking about that recently as well. Um, Yeah, yeah, what's what's been up? All of your YouTube videos. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, So yeah, we can talk about that. But first, I want to hear, yeah, what what have you been up to the last like two months and what's new? Um, yeah, so you, you pretty much got it all spot on. I, uh, I set out this year with a goal of building six products this year. And I think the argument could be made that I've made six products, um, maybe seven. Uh, and that, that tweet is still my pinned tweet as of right now, which I'll probably change it in January of next year is, is probably what I end up doing. Um, still have not made a video course, although I've got two that I'm, one that I'm kind of working on and one that I'm thinking about working on. Uh, the first one's kind of just a generic Next.js introduction crash course sort of thing. And the other one is for Solana development, uh, focused on Anchor, which is one of the is the most popular Solana Rust-based framework for developing uh, Solana programs or smart contracts, as, uh, as they're known in the Ethereum world. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've, been, I've been working on less and less of my own projects. I made a, a CLI tool for the Solana ecosystem to give like hot reloading for building rust programs um mm. so that, w- that was pretty cool to make and then i made sounds a, pretty a high browser tech. extension what's that that sounds pretty high tech or, or low tech maybe you're you're doing like client stuff um well that was that was actually like a personal project the the developer relations lead for solana uh foundation uh jacob creech shout out uh awesome guy and he basically posted a tweet like this would be cool to have and i was like oh that'd be a cool project to make and then i like three days later i i published it on npm uh it's a npm package that you can install globally and then it's got some assorted utility with it Uh, i got a couple hundred installs in the first like 24 hours which was really cool yeah Um, that's pretty cool yeah so that was really cool and then i made a, a browser extension that makes it so you can browse you can navigate to uh solana domain name so the solana name service kind of like dns you've got your .com .net .whatever um and with ethereum and solana you've got their own separate name service the solana name service is a sns run by a, a company named bonfita or bon, bonfita I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced but uh made a browser extension that made it so you could just browse you could navigate to anything.sol and it would just pop up kind of like a like a link in bio sort of uh, landing page, which will give you whatever information is currently stored on their on the blockchain, on the Solana blockchain for whatever information they want. You could put your Twitter handle, GitHub username, Reddit hmm. username, uh, assorted stuff like that. And uh, that was pretty cool. And then I made like a little mini IPFS explorer to explore. You could just give it an IPFS address and you could kind of explore it like it was a, a normal website. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, these are some cool projects uh, for sure. So it seems like you're definitely headed into the crypto territory, right? Like, is that kind of where a lot of your focus is? 
I'm there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where I've shifted my focus. Um, like you, you briefly alluded to, I'm currently working with the Solana Labs, uh, or really the Solana Foundation. So there's two like primary entities within Solana. There's Solana Labs and then there's Solana Foundation, which are two separate but very closely intertwined organizations, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm an external developer advocate, I guess, is like the semi-official title. Um, basically, I'm a contractor, and I'm just helping rewrite and update the Solana core documentation. So at docs.solana.com, working on making a bunch of updates there and helping out just generally in the in the ecosystem and uh, learning a whole bunch about Solana. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been really awesome. That's yeah, that's pretty interesting. So is this like a like an official like job kind of thing? Because or is it it's like a part time kind of thing? Because you're you're still at the Navy right now, so yeah, yeah, just <clears throat> yeah. So it's it's part time for sure because I am still active duty and I can't work full time anywhere. So it's part time and I'm I'm basically a contractor. Um, yeah. Where I'm just filling like a, a contractor type role where I'm just doing client work in a way and the Solana Foundation is kind of a client it's a it's a weird um, a kind of a weird setup but it's it seems like it's pretty standard in the industry in the crypto industry for people and just hiring as contractors as a service kind of deal um, mm-hmm. one of the things that was interesting is I went through and it's it's a paid position I, I, I won't say how much it is but uh, one of the things that surprised me is I, I filled out a contract like a, a written contract, you know, had to do KYC and all that kind of stuff for, for legal reasons. And it, in the contract, it said that I was going to be paid in USDC on the Solana blockchain. So I get paid in hmm. USDC, which I hadn't like thought about that, but I was like, it makes sense. And that's kind of yeah. like <laughs> one of the reasons why blockchain technology is so great. Um, so I had to like figure out how I was going to transfer money from my wallet to my bank account by going the other way, which I just hadn't done it before. So that was, a, <laughs> yeah. that was an interesting experience. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Um, I've done like a, a little gig here or there where I'm, you know, receiving USDC or something like that, but it's, you know, on the blockchain. And it is pretty interesting when you're like, hmm, it's like I'm in this crypto world and it'd be nice if I could keep my money there for normal life purposes, but you can't really do that yet. <laughs> and so you Not have to yet. get it to your your bank account. Um what I typically have done, at least with those kind of gig stuff, is that'll just be the money that I then invest in crypto stuff. Um, and so it stays in crypto. Um, but yeah, it is kind of an interesting new thing to like be paid in crypto. It, it's kind of fun. I like it. Um, but there's still, yeah, there's still some problems with it because you can't really buy food to put on your table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I, I don't need this to buy food yet. Um Obviously, if I go if I go full time, and that's that's the goal is to go full time into the Solana ecosystem, um, which who knows maybe I'll get my full full paycheck in um, in crypto, which will be interesting. And uh, I'll probably that's... if I do that, I'll probably end up writing like a like a blog post about it and just thoughts about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, but it seems like I mean it seems like you got your foot in the door, so this could be a pretty good option for you to work full-time at Solana or some other kind of crypto thing like that. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's been really cool. I've talked to a bunch of different companies in not in like official, like job, job um, opportunity, but uh, just talking to random people in the space, getting to know people. 
everyone's building so many really cool, really innovative things, um, both on Solana and the broader blockchain crypto ecosystem as a whole. And uh, personally, I, I do see it as the way of the future. There's, there's so many benefits to it. It has its problems, just like everything in life. We haven't worked out the kinks yet. It's still relatively new. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think crypto and blockchain is the future. At, at the very least, in, in many aspects, not, not necessarily in all aspects. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was just curious, going back to the Solana kind of gig that you have going, how did you land across that? Like, did you just apply or like, how did that come about? Uh, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, purely, it purely came about from Twitter. I, I follow um, a couple of people that work at Solana Labs and Solana Foundation on Twitter. And one of the... Uh, the what i'm trying to remember his his official title uh chase is um he's like the kind of like a vp in a way he's like head of developer ecosystem i think is his title and he basically posted a, a tweet of uh hey who wants to help out with the solana docs and and what are your thoughts on developer documentation and i basically just responded to it and i was like oh, yeah I'm, I'm available i'll i'll throw my name in the hat i'll, I'll help out and then mm -hmm. it kind of just snowballed, and I talked with him a little bit, and then eventually talked with uh, Jacob Creech, who's the, like I said, the developer, um, the DevRel lead, and it kind of just snowballed into this part-time job in a way. And uh, yeah, it's been really, really cool, really awesome working with and, and getting to know those guys. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. So are you actually writing like the content, like you're writing the documentation, or are you doing like user, like changing the user interface of the guides and stuff like that? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, so initially it was, we were focused on kind of just the, just general developer experience. Like the docs are, Solana is known, it's kind of become a meme is uh, chewing glass of, it was so difficult in the beginning in the last couple of years when Solana first came about about two-ish years ago. And it's been so difficult and it's get, been getting markedly getting better of developer experience and documentation, but it's still pretty mm -hmm. rough around the edges. So that's like what I'm going in and, and helping out with right now is just um, making it easier to navigate the documentation, easier to understand, making some portions kind of like... I don't want to say less technically dense, but because they're very technically dense in some portions, but making it more like digestible almost. So mm -hmm. a, a traditional quote unquote web two developer who maybe only has experience with JavaScript frameworks can go and, and have a better, easier understanding of the documentation and how to actually get started. Um, yeah. Initially started with kind of like a, like a sidebar restructuring and uh, actually, earlier today, I wrote like a quick start guide on how to go from installing the Solana CLI to making your first application and like publishing it to the deploying it to the blockchain um, as like a like a quick start guide. Um, and that one's for Rust and uh, have to make one for C, C++ and uh, and then like a Web3 JS one. OK, cool. Um yeah, that sounds like a, an interesting job for sure. And I do remember like when people are comparing Solana to Ethereum and just other like crypto blockchains and stuff, like that was the thing that I do remember coming up is people are like, oh, Solana's like hard to get started with. And like there's, it's a huge like learning curve for devs and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of funny that you, you mentioned that 
it's been known a little bit for that, but it seems like you're you're kind of the person now that you're fixing that problem, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, it, it's a team effort. I'm 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 helping. Um, I right. think at least I think right now I've gotten <laughs> close to maybe like somewhere around like a dozen PRs have been merged into into the master branch. So they're they're published on like the edge documentation. So like the documentation for or Solana is kind of broken up into three domains. There's edge.docs.solana.com and there's beta.docs and then there's just docs. Um, and they're for the different like mainnet, devnet, testnet, mm-hmm. um, the different uh, Solana network clusters. And the documentation is kind of segmented like that. And uh, haven't got anything on, on the mainnet docs yet but uh, it'll come with time. <laughs> yeah, it probably just takes time for those to eventually merge into there. Yeah, because um, how, how it's kind of set up is the docs are, are very tightly tied with the actual um, validator version and the actual like network version, the cluster version that the, the network is running on. So as the clusters upgrade to those particular versions, um, then it'll get slowly merged, trickle down into the corresponding documentation pages automatically, which is, which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah. So you're, you know, you're working on this documentation stuff. I'm guessing, cause from, from what I know, you don't have a ton of Solana experience or Rust experience in the past. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm guessing you've have, you've been having to just like learn a lot of this as you go. Is that right? Yeah, I definitely have. And so like, I had at at the point of starting this, I had read through the documentation for Solana, at least almost all of it, probably a year and a half ago ish, um, sometime in in twenty twenty mid twenty twenty late twenty twenty, I read through like most of the documentation. And I was very interested in Solana as as a whole, the the whole aspect of very fast transactions, very cheap transactions, especially compared to Ethereum. Uh, it was very appealing, and. Mm-hmm. At the time, I didn't have the the bandwidth, the mental bandwidth to dedicate to it, and uh, you know, imagine if I did at that point, that'd be crazy. Um, so I basically just put it off for two years, and then eventually, now I'm learning it. I'm I have at the point of starting this, I had no Rust experience ever, never touched it, never even seen it before, and uh, the Rust syntax is very different than most yep. other any any other programming language i've ever seen it's very particular um but once you get used to it and i've i've been tinkering around with it and specifically for solana programs and uh, and anchor yeah. using the anchor framework and once you get used to it it's actually like makes a lot of sense how it's set up once you kind of understand the language uh which is probably one of the reasons why it's it's been the like voted on the stack overflow um, annual survey as one of the most favorite programming languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm basically going through reading all of the documentation again multiple times and figuring out how to make it easier for other people to read it. <laughs> yeah, and I could see and maybe in some ways, you know, kind of starting fresh like you have where you're learning kind of as you go might be perfect for some for this job where it's like, you're, you're kind of seeing the docs from a, a fresh viewpoint and maybe not a ton of experience in Rust and some of those things or even Solana itself. So then it's that's like the target person that these docs need to 
like make sense to. So it's like you're starting from there and then learning a lot and then making them better. So you might even catch things to make it easier for people than someone that's had years of experience in Rust or had more experience in Solana and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, definitely having that initial experience of, you know, the the first glance, having that that fresh eyes on on all of the material and and figuring out where it's either lacking or really really good or, you know, could use some refinement, probably helps. It makes sense. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> right. Uh, I'd, so I'd that buy it for a soul. Yeah. Um. So I guess after you've had more experience with Solana, what's kind of your your thoughts um, compared to like Ethereum? So like I, most of my experience is in theory, Ethereum and Arbitrum. I've I've owned some Solana. I've I've done a little. I've done some transactions on Solana in the past. I haven't done as much recently. Um, but yeah, what's your thought of you know why why should someone check out Solana? Ooh, good question. Um... So yes, if anyone is considering checking out any blockchain and wants to get started in any blockchain, and obviously I'm like slightly biased, but I still feel in, in my heart of hearts that this is the, the 100% answer is is definitely check out Solana. Not only is it super fast and super cheap, especially compared to Ethereum, um, it's getting one of the biggest complaints that people have about Solana is how it's quote unquote centralized which is not really true. The It's decentralization is still rapidly growing. There's being more and more validators stood up across the world to uh, you know help secure the network. It's a proof of stake network, uh, unlike um, what Ethereum currently is, but they're, you know, they're going through the, the merge. The in, merge is coming uh, soon. In a couple of <laughs> days, actually, I think. So it's gonna shift over to proof of stake too, which is, which is awesome. Um, yeah. So that's that's actually really really cool that that Ethereum's doing that, um, but one of the things that I think is really is extra powerful about Solana is that it's so easy to get started monetarily. Um, so like anyone can do anything on DevNet on and local validators on any blockchain for the most part. You, know, you can stand up your own own local stuff and get started to learn it. But if you get to the point of you wanting to deploy something to production to mainnet that way anyone around the world can use it you're going to have to pay for that and with ethereum the current price of ethereum we'll say it's roughly a thousand dollars us give or take you know it's up or down whatever it is the particular day i don't really uh, track it right just to put a contract up yeah just to put a contract up you're paying some fee based off of how big your contract is and, and all of that so you're going to pay a lot more just inherently, just purely based off the price of Ethereum vice the price of Solana. Um, so it's more cost effective for someone getting started. But the other thing is that Solana runs on Rust, which is a normal programming language. And I think that's one of the um, super important things to know is is you don't have to learn a, a domain-specific language like, um, like Solidity to program smart contracts and programs on top of Solana. You can use Rust, you can use um, C++ and C. And in fact, someone in the community just created a Python, um, kind of like a transpiler. So you can write Python code mm -hmm. that you can transpile it to the Rust equivalent. So you can basically write Solana programs in Python now too. So you can use mm -hmm. your normal everyday languages, normal everyday syntax, 
just like using any library in that language, and you can make a Solana program, a smart contract on Solana. Vice having to learn like uh, Solidity, which you can't really use Solidity anywhere other than Ethereum and, and EVM-based blockchains. So, right. Even if even if you're just a developer that's curious, Rust is a really cool language to learn. Very powerful, very quick, very ener- very um memory efficient. Uh, but if for some reason this whole blockchain thing doesn't work out, well, then you know a useful programming language. <laughs> yep. That's a pretty good pitch. I'll, I'll give it to you. That's a pretty good pitch. Um, <laughs> the one thing the one thing Solidity does have going for it, a, a little bit at least, is that it's pretty close to JavaScript. So it's like pretty easy for, you know, somewhat easy for JavaScript developers to kind of come over to Solidity at least. Um, with it being so similar. But yeah, I think that those are definitely some positives um, on the Solana side that you mentioned. Um, let's see, I want to I wanna completely switch gears here. Um, is that is that good with you, switching gears? Yes, let's do it. Um, so I've been, I've been just thinking more, more and more about content, like creating content for online. Um, and so I've been doing more of that for Potion. Um, and so I am a little curious of your thoughts of, I guess, how you would go about doing that since, you know, you talked about you've, you've wanted to do like a video course, things like that. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about is like, like with YouTube videos and just the YouTube thing as a whole, it seems like it's such a big lift to kind of like get that kind of engine going. Um, and just a lot of effort to like make all the videos, do all the editing, put a, put in the effort to like make quality content to where is it like really worth it or not. Um, and so I guess to step back, uh, just to give a little bit of context for me, I'm kind of thinking of it for two different reasons. You know, I've always been doing the video content a little bit just for fun, really just to like share kind of my journey building potion and hopefully share some valuable content but it's really like low on the low side of the amount of like effort I'm putting into it like it's like you know I I probably make those little videos and edit them and upload them within like 30 minutes so I'm trying to do it as quick as possible I'm not really thinking about oh how am I going to like make this video like get tons of views or things like that it's kind of just for myself more than anything um and so that's you know kind of where I've started but you know, I'm starting to think like, okay, should I use this as a tool, one, for myself to kind of like build my personal brand so I can continue to do stuff and kind of build on top of that with businesses and things in the future. So that would be kind of one reason of like putting more effort into YouTube and other like video kind of platforms. And then the second thing would be really just for Potion itself, like really making content that's specific to almost like how-to tutorial kind of videos for Potion um, that hopefully get picked up and, you know, maybe even videos around Notion so that those get picked up by people searching and I can like get new customers that way through the videos and the content that I'm making. Um, and so yeah, those are kind of the two different avenues I'm kind of looking at and just, so I've been like kind of experimenting with it a little bit more than normal, just like trying to make, put a little bit more effort into my YouTube videos <clears throat> And so, yeah, I'm just curious what your thoughts are about that. Like, how, how have you thought about the, the creating content stuff um, with kind of the things you've thought about doing with your courses that you'd like to do and things like that? So, 
I think it strongly depends on, obviously you just explained like your motivations and what your, your end goal is you're trying to get to, but I think it really depends on what type of content you're making and publishing on YouTube. Because like YouTube is, is the second largest search engine in the world, second only to Google, which Google owns both, right? So when people go to YouTube, they're usually either already subscribed to you or they're searching for something that they want to do. And that's either education or, enter or um, entertainment. Those are like the two categories that anyone's looking for, for especially video content, really. Um, mm -hmm. And as far as like your, the the two types of content that I see that you've you've either made so far or that makes sense for Potion as a as a business and as a company, is you've got the one side of you're doing like your a video developer log of this is your your product journey as a founder building your product and your experience going through it. And then on the other side, you've got the more tutorial based, this is how you accomplish this particular task. And here's how you can do it with potion and, you know, build a, build a website off a of notion, do these no code related, um, notion related things that could, uh, you know, boost your bottom line as, as a business and as a product owner. And I think it's, I think those two particular types of content are kind of difficult to do under one channel. So like mm -hmm. you as an individual, cause I, I know I've, I've watched several of your videos uh, and you're, you're publishing them all under the, your personal name, which I think is like the way to go. Like people, it, it's well known that people respond better to an individual than a company. So if they see yeah. you know, your face, you're the founder, Hey, the, and you're making a video of, you know, hey, this is how you set up the DNS records for your custom uh, domain name for Potion. Um, having content like that, I think is really, really good for uh, boosting your bottom line and not necessarily your bottom line, but just like helping the community as a whole, um, it, the no-code community. So I think uh, definitely publishing more content like that. And then you can also like link to them in um, on the in the Potion dashboard of... Uh, kind of like tooltip almost things of, you know, hey, you're struggling with this, check out this video or this written article of how to accomplish whatever you're trying to do. Just kind of like yeah. having a general content lift. Um, but the, the whole like devlog is, I think, really hard to accomplish in like a meaningful way as a, as like a follower, if that makes sense. Like, it's one thing if your goal is purely, you know, it's it's a passion item and, and you just want to share, which is kind of like what a podcast is. You know, you're sharing your journey, which is awesome. Um, and it, people respond to different content in different ways. Like, I don't, personally, I don't like watching that style of video of someone doing like a video podcast. Like, I, that doesn't vibe with me at all. I, I like audio mm -hmm. podcasts. I don't respond to video podcasts. And... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like the YouTube algorithm. It'll it'll show you what it thinks you're gonna like, what you're gonna like, and if you go down that rabbit hole, then you know all the data points and maybe maybe improve the algorithm for you as an individual. Um, right. Right. Um, so on that, like I know that the devlog kind of stuff I do, that's definitely not gonna cut it. As in creating a YouTube channel that like grows a lot and becomes, you know has viral videos or, you know, things like that. Like it's not, it's just not the kind of content for that. 
And so I guess I'm not necessarily talking about that. I mean, I'm still doing that just because I like to do it. Um, and more so I, I like sharing that stuff on Twitter than anything. I guess I'm thinking more of like two different routes of like, I think the, the, the potion related content that's more like how-to tutorial that's specifically for like potion customers, that I think for sure is valuable you know, valuable to having guides, like it's going to be helpful for my own customers. And then it's going to be hopefully helpful in search results and things like that when people are trying to get help with Notion stuff. And I'll hopefully get more customers from that. So especially once I finish kind of my dashboard V2, that's, I'm going to start doing some more of those kind of things. Um, I guess the other path I'm thinking of is kind of going even like farther above, like, the devlog kind of stuff and i don't know I, I don't have like a perfect idea of what i'd want to do but it'd be more like entrepreneurial kind of content where i don't know it's like sharing stories and things um that are hopefully valuable to people but it's like it's more like story driven kind of content that's not like me just like sharing kind of what i'm working on kind of thing um and this is something i think it's probably even later down the road. Like it's more like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure out like if I would want to be like, actually do like the YouTuber kind of thing alongside my SaaS businesses eventually and like put more time into that and then build businesses out, out like almost from that. And that could kind of be a base where it like marketing and things like that come through that channel on YouTube. And then um, I kind of build out some businesses from it. Um, and it's it's probably a longer like term goal because um, I'm definitely not ready or have the time to really put towards it. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of an idea and I've been just kind of playing around with it by making a little bit extra videos. I've been making like some shorts and things like that, just like playing around with storytelling a little bit. Um, and just, yeah, so I don't know. It, it's just like, I don't know. I'm thinking through the thoughts of like, would I want to be like a content creator more so or alongside of being like a SaaS entrepreneur. And they're very two different things. Like it's really interesting, like the content stuff, it, it feels like it's a grind a little bit. Like there's so much effort you have to put into and you have to spend your time. Where with SaaS, it's kind of like you build it and hopefully, you know, it takes time to get it working for sure. And there's a lot of work there. But after that, like you can kind of automate things and kind of make it kind of just work. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of exploring like what I want to even do this content stuff and do more of that in the future. Um, and so anyways, it's just been kind of interesting to learn more about it, learn more about how to make YouTube videos better and stuff like that. Um, so anyways, that's why I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I think, I think it does make a lot of sense, A, for the business and for you personally. Like you said, you don't know if you want to be a content creator. Noah. I have bad news for you. You are a content creator. You run oh, no. a podcast. <laughs> so you are creating That's content. That's true. Um, but like, so, and I, I, I did kind of misspeak earlier. I said I don't really watch those devlog kind of things. And that's not necessarily true. Like I actually watched one today because I was searching for something on like generative art with JavaScript because I was curious just like broadly how it works. And I watched like three people's like kind of a, like a journey video of like, this was how I learned it. And, here's some examples of stuff. And that was actually like really cool. And I've watched a bunch of that kind of stuff, but it's like, uh, I've never like followed someone's like whole journey kind of deal. Um, yeah. So just to, to clarify on that, I, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, that makes but sense. But have you have you seen the videos from um, uh, Mike Slats? I think he's the founder of Upvoty. Um, I have not. No. So he he kind of did the same thing that you're like trying to do, and I've seen a couple of his videos. Um, someone I don't remember who. But someone turned me on to it, and I watched a couple of them, and they're 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 pretty good. It's pretty interesting. He's kind of doing the same thing of like. Uh, almost like day in the life kind of kind of deal of a video where he's got his mm -hmm. very like pretty successful SaaS business and he started a youtube channel he's got a podcast and, and stuff and he kind of like documents his journey in video fashion um is it mike pretty, slats yeah s-l-a-a-t maybe okay i think i just found him yeah i'll have to check some of these out for sure yeah he's so he's, he's kind of doing the same thing that you're talking about doing and I've seen other people that do it and, you know, assorted levels of success depends on how much time and effort you put into it. Um, YouTube yeah. is for sure a grind, um, especially if your, your end goal is to, you know, hit that large subscriber count. It's a, it's a grind for sure. And the YouTube algorithm does certainly reward uh, frequent posting, whether that's at, you know, at, at a consistent periodicity rather. Um, yeah. For sure. So it's definitely a grind. Uh. <laughs> so the other the other content platform obviously is Twitter, which you know I've I've been active in Twitter for the last I don't know almost almost getting close to three years probably. Um, but it's been interesting with Twitter because Twitter I don't know if you've noticed, but I've also seen some other people talking about like Twitter seems to be doing some weird stuff right now where like people just aren't seeing all every like. It's almost like they're they're trying to go more like TikTok, where it's like more algorithm based, where they're trying to like get the viral stuff in front of people rather than the the content of thing of just people you follow and like just wanting to see the people you follow. It's like it seems to be putting more and more viral stuff in front of people, which means people aren't seeing like it's it seems like my followers don't see my tweets as much or and I've seen other people say that too, like a smaller percentage of your followers actually see your tweets. Um, so that's been kind of interesting uh, to see and, and kind of annoying for me at least recently. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like that Twitter does it because um, I, I also see a lot of tweets of people that I've never, I don't follow, I have no idea who they are and it'll be because yeah. some person I follow liked one of their tweets and I'll see like 30 tweets from that person and I was like, I don't know who this person is because like I, I don't follow a whole lot of people and I, I fairly recognize i recognize pretty quickly if i see someone i follow based off their profile picture and their and their name so i'll just scroll right past it. it's just like when you see an ad i immediately know it's an ad and i just yep. keep scrolling yeah um <laughs> so what what i do and in twitter has the ability you can turn off that um like algorithm feed on your home page and that's what i yeah. do so i i on the on the home page there's like the star button or whatever you can click it and you can turn off the algorithm one and you can just um, view the most recent, which is what I do on everything. And I, I've heard from yeah. a couple of people that after some time period that resets back to the algorithm thing automatically, which is, um, <laughs> if that's true, <laughs> that's, then so that's, annoying. A, that's, I don't think Twitter should do that. They should reevaluate that. Um, and, but Twitter, it, if it's kind of like a, an annoying thing, <laughs> right? Because I, I also agree. I, I hate seeing the, the algorithm-based things of, because, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing with social media. Like, I don't really use social media, um, with the exception of Twitter. Like, I don't have a Facebook. I don't have an Instagram. I don't, I don't have anything. Me neither. And I, like, sparsely nope. use Twitter at this point. Um, yeah. 
but the whole goal of social media is to keep you engaged and if you're seeing the 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 top highlights of everyone's life and, and everything then you know it's it's bad there's been psychological studies that that's bad for people's psycho, uh, psychology and their, yeah, their minds sure. um, just seeing the highlight reels of people it makes you feel bad about yourself your body you know whatever the case is so right. i just try to stay away from it as much as possible no, I agree. There's definitely problems to it. And I think that's what I liked about Twitter more so in the past is that you could really kind of follow the people that you cared about and where you liked their content. And it was content, you know, you, you be really picky about who you follow. It's like not necessarily like highlight content. Sometimes it's more just like, you know, just other people and like just learning them sharing what they're learning and stuff. And it's not necessarily like viral kind of content where now it's like Twitter's trying to get you the content that tons of people like and put it in front of you. And it kind of hides some of the just day-to-day kind of stuff that I wanted to see. And yeah, so it feels like it's becoming more like those other social media platforms or just more like highlight reel kind of stuff, viral stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's so, weird. I mean, they're but yeah, I don't like to it. Keep people engaged and see ads. So I mean, it's a free platform, most generally right. speaking. Most people aren't paying for it, so, like, they have to make money to keep it alive. So, like, I understand it, but, like, you know, who doesn't hate ads? Right. And and for me, like, you know, Twitter has been one of the ways that I've I kind of started Potion through Twitter, and that's where I got a lot of customers. And so it's kind of been one of my strategies is just, like, trying to share valuable stuff on Twitter and... So yeah, it's kind of like, oh man, is that like not worth it as much anymore? Um, I probably will still do it just because I enjoy it and um, like hopefully things will kind of change for the better at some point. But yeah, that's kind of the other content strategy, I guess, that I've been thinking about. Yeah, I think with Twitter, it's, it's really great that you can very quickly engage with strangers on the internet, right? Um, mm-hmm. With some loose amount of rails around it. So it's it's great in that aspect, but yeah, they're, they're not... The way that Twitter is, like, surfacing or not surfacing certain content, and it's more and more towards that, I, I agree. I don't, I don't like it either. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else that we should talk about or you want to talk about before we wrap things up? No, not really. Nothing comes to mind. I'm just uh, excited to keep building more stuff. I need to find more time to work on like projects of my own. I have, I'm like very loosely working on a couple. Um, I got, I got some, some hardware to do a fun Raspberry Pi project with NFTs. Oh, wow. Um, so I'll be doing that at some point when I find the time, but, uh, yeah. Nice. That sounds cool. Yeah. It's probably harder now to find time that you have a full-time job and a part-time job and you have kids so yeah, <laughs> yeah you're probably pretty busy <laughs> yeah yeah but i you know i work non-stop i love i love doing it so eh, i'll just keep doing it <laughs> yeah but it's always fun uh learning new stuff and if you so if you have jobs that make you do that then it's definitely it can be very fun for sure absolutely all right. Well, I guess we'll end it here. Thanks for coming on again, Nick. And maybe maybe you'll be the first to have three episodes at some point. We'll have to see. So maybe in the future we can have you back on and uh, can hear how things are going. Um, but yeah, thanks for the chat. That was fun. 
And uh, listeners, we'll talk to you in another episode. See ya.